Retrospection Radio Theater presents... Welcome, I'm the narrator. A frequency drift is when a radio station drifts into an adjacent... This can occur while driving. Well, now I wonder who that could be at this hour. It's dinner time. I believe now is a good time to finish off my writing stories from episode 1 and begin to talk about Beyond the Surface and Monster of the Blue Hole. You see, I began to watch and read as many materials as I could, absorbing plots, characters, developments, all for enjoyment. I began to get really into superheroes and comic books, loving, of course, my fellow teenage inspirations, Teen Titans and X-Men. They were just like me, except my problems seemed so minuscule they had to deal with what I had to deal with, and <laughs> what everyone else around me had to deal with, and they had to save the world. How's that for a Sunday afternoon? It was at that time I began creating another so-called book. This one I had planned to be longer, starring Evenstar, the telekinetic hero, Shadowkill, the world's deadliest assassin, and an earth with odd heroes and villains. One of them was named Essence. He was a nature hero. I forget what those are called. There was also one that was a geokinetic person. Uh, there was a shadow, and there were other interesting specimens. I won't read from this book simply because this one is in the works of becoming a podcast, and I don't want to spoil anything. Once again, it wasn't the best story I've ever created, but those heroes were mine. It's like... Superman or Spider-Man walking up to you. You feel like you know them. You've seen what they've been through. Later, I began to write a whole lot of short stories. I won a spooky story contest, ah, which reminds me, that story may have potential. Among the short stories was Sea Gem, something I would like to read to you today. Sea Gem the old man rose from the table. He left a tip for the waitress who had served him his dinner, cold chicken noodle soup. The diner was cheap, but he had gone there for over twenty years of his life. He was too old to change his habits now. So many times he had enjoyed a perfect dinner with his wife. He grabbed his hat and smiled at the doll behind the desk. He walked outside into the darkness. Rain poured down around him. The old man fumbled around in his pocket for his car keys. He lifted his hand to the keyhole and turned it, unlocking his car. He reached for the handle as he heard the roar of a motor. He looked up to see youths driving in a new car, shrieking with joy as the driver swerved around a corner, endangering all of their lives. He couldn't stand this today. The youths were drinking and partying in a topless car at dark while it rained. Someone would get hurt. He couldn't be there to see it happen. He was too old to stay and tell the police his story. He needed to leave. The old man got into his car and drove to the docks. 
He turned off his car as Louis played a long last note on his trumpet. The old man smiled, remembering his youth, dancing to Benny Goodman, listening to Ella Fitzgerald on the radio and singing Sinatra in the moonlight to serenade his lover. He walked to the front door of the building. He smiled as he placed his hand on the door, remembering Gail. He had taken her out on a night very much like this, stormy, windy, alive. He remembered her laugh, her cry, her smile. They had decided to catch a ride to an island. This has been the first time of many. He opened the door and walked to the young gentleman at the counter. Hello, good sir, greeted the youth. Hello, responded the old man as he removed his hat. What may I help you with on a night like this? I would like to take a private boat to the island. Which island, sir? I believe it was once called Lover's Island, said the man as he pulled out his wallet. Yes, sir. The old man paid for a boat ride to the island. He looked up at the clouds. They had dried up some time when he was in the building talking to the young lad. Now all was calm. The old man docked the boat on a sinking dock. The dock was the only man-made structure on the island. He removed a chair and hobbled to the other side of the island. He stepped on the cool sand as the tide rose to greet him. If he had been young again, he would have ran to his favorite spot. Gail would have chased him, laughing and giggling as her hair bounced around behind her. He would smile and laugh along with her when he was young. He found the old spot they had loved so much. It was next to some smooth rocks which had stood great and tall. They had protected the youths from the sun so many times before. Now, they stood in darkness, tall, but seemingly weak, as if the night had sapped the strength from them, leaving them feeble. It was as if the night had taken away their protective gates, replaced instead by an ominous, looming shadow. The old man placed a chair in the sand and removed his shoes. He leaned back to gaily, enjoying the dark and cold of the night. Gale had so many times brought a picnic basket here. This was their favorite spot to go. He closed his eyes and smiled, remembering years and seconds. He had invited Gale to their first high school dance. He had walked up to her with her friends, calling him names and laughing at him. He ignored them. He knew they meant nothing. Gale was all that mattered. He took her hand and looked her dead in the eyes. His voice rose from within him. He was a strong, deep man when he spoke, but lacked the build of a true man to accompany his voice. A week later, they were at the dance. The moonlight danced through the skylight with all of the happy teenagers. It was the first time they had heard their song, Moonlight Serenade. The night was well spent. He had danced with her all night and driven her home. She smiled and thanked him for a wonderful evening. 
He walked from her door once it had shut. Then he turned to face her house, began to dance with a smile on his face. Singing quietly, he danced for an hour. He woke from his daze. It was still black. The wind moved serenely with the waves. It was dancing like Gale had so many years ago, their perfection working intertwined to create a beautiful sound of serenity. He felt a tear fall down his face. He slowly wiped it away and smiled. Life ends. It's a known fact. However, memories live forever. They stay with a man, no matter what goes wrong in his life. The old man had taken Gail to the hospital when she was in her twenties. It was a day everything changed. Gail went into labor and he never left her side. He encouraged her the whole time. All that time he spent with her, all those hours leading to the birth of their son, made him love her even more. Eventually Daniel was born. However, his birth was unlike other births. He was entirely different. The old man began to weep. It was the single greatest and worst moment of his entire life. However different that moment was, he'd never forget it. It was a part of their lives. He remembered the way Gail acted. She cried and cried. Months spent to bring her firstborn into the world. Years she would have spent raising and loving a child. All gone. Daniel was stillborn. The old man rose from his chair and walked to the water. He bent down and ran his hand through the rising tide. The water was cold, freezing, chilling to the bone, like death. He lifted his hand from the ice grip of the ocean and looked at the moon. Clouds had covered the moon again. It was only a matter of time before God let the heavens weep for what had been lost. Rain poured from the sky. If anyone had been watching the old man, they wouldn't have noticed he was also crying with the angels above. He fell to his knees and looked up at the sky. He felt the despair from the angels above him. He wept with them. The tide rose faster, as if it were late to the funeral of its beloved. The old man was freezing, his clothes were soaked, his body was soaked, his mind was soaked. Gail had never wanted to bring another child into this world. What was the point? She had never gotten over herself. She blamed herself for Daniel's death. No matter how hard the man had tried, he couldn't convince her that it wasn't her fault. She had provided him love and care for nine months. There was no way she could have changed anything. This had upset her more. She had stopped going to work. What was the point in working when everything you've ever wanted was taken away from you? The couple, now aging into their early forties, had never grown past the death of Daniel. It affected them in so many ways, and although the man appeared to not be phased, this had, indeed, caused many fights between the couple. He was devastated. The man suggested that Gail take up a hobby, 
something to name after Daniel in his memory. After months of the man begging and arguing with his wife, he was finally able to convince her to go out. Gil founded the Daniel Community Gardening Foundation. She stopped coming home. All her time was spent outside, enjoying fresh air and planting fruits and vegetables for the community. Her committee had five people, including her. She gardened and landscaped neighborhood parks, local businesses, and anything else. She had done it all for free. People began to notice her efforts, and after five years of hard work, she was recognized. She was given a key to the city for her non-stop efforts, gardening and saving the community. Her small foundation of five had grown to a foundation of 100 hard-working, happy-to-help citizens. The town was beautiful. Everywhere the man walked, he could see his wife's handiwork. They were 50 now. She had worked for 10 years on her foundation and had developed arthritis in her hands. They went to the doctor's office one day for a checkup on her hands. She didn't remember the doctor and began shouting at him. She couldn't remember why she was there. She learned she had dementia. She forgot everything except certain things in her life. One day she had yelled at the man. He had asked her if she remembered Daniel. He had asked how she could have forgotten him. She'd gotten mad at him. In her mind, they had been dating for four weeks. She said she had never had a child and that the man shouldn't lie to her. He had tried to help her. He was getting too old to fight. He had tried to take her to the island, hoping that it would help her remember. She didn't remember the summers they spent together. She lived ten more years. She passed away in her very early sixties. She was too old to fight. Times die. Memories live forever. The rain stopped. The man arose from the water, now up to his waist. He wiped his face clean of salted tears. He walked back to his chair and sat down. Clouds were starting to blow away and he could see the sun rising. It rose after centuries of bloodshed, after millions upon millions of deaths, after everything that has gone wrong in this world of death and deceit. The sun rose as if none of this had happened the day before. It was new. It forgot the tragedy of days past. It only knows that today can be different. The sun is a lone soldier rushing into the darkness, the utter death and loss of a war. It knew nothing of what would happen next. The soldier defeats the darkness, winning the war between good and evil. It wears its shiny iron armor and draws its glimmering weapons of hope, of love. Each day it fights the evil so that people can have light. The old man turned his head and looked into the sand. In the sand was a shining gem. He stared at the gem. Light reflected through the magnificent oval, causing it to glow in innocent blue. 
It had been too dark the night before for the man to notice his beauty. Now the sun was rising, and he could see a light in a fading darkness. He didn't feel too old. He wasn't too old to remember. I wrote this a few years ago, and it got featured in the school newspaper, so I guess that's pretty cool. Definitely different from the radio show. Anyways, I later went on to write a children's play, which sparked my interest for writing scripts. It combined two things I knew best, superheroes and fairy tales. And boy, was it a hit. Sold the most that our school had ever sold for children's shows, and half the proceeds went to charity. We also took it around to a few of the elementaries and performed to them. It's another show I'd like to do on here, but it'd be hard to get the cast back together. Oh, that's all the time we have for today. Tune in to Retrospection Radio next week for... Swim to the wall and descend from there. I don't know about everyone else. (laughs) 